Okay, friends, it's time to meet Sandy Lee, who's going to tell us all about her first-generation Korean-American experiences. So say, 안녕하세요 to Sandy Lee. So I'm Sandy. I am a 40-something on the, <laughs> who lives on the Upper West Side of New York, originally born in Fairfax, Virginia. My parents are Korean. Uh, my mother was born in what's now known as North Korea, although they described it to me recently as uh, Manchuria. Apparently, the border was a bit blurred at the time. And my dad was born in Seoul, Korea. And um, eventually both of them um, um, immigrated to the United States. So what is the most rewarding thing about being a first-generation kid? I would say the most rewarding thing about being a first-generation kid is the fact that um, you have a past generation from somewhere else. When, you, when you're in this country, um, you're not just from America, from, you know, I was born in Virginia and then... My history kind of just is just this country, is this one language, is this one culture. It's actually kind of split. There's there's another side of my family that's brought from somewhere else. And that just is just a whole other, it's like a, another dimension, another galaxy of something you can explore and, other, and you can introduce people to um, this other part of your whole family's world. So like, you know, if I, if I think of my family, you know, as just you know, in Virginia and just in this country, you know, it's something that most people will be like, oh, yeah, I've been to whatever it might be, California or Louisiana or wherever you might be from. And so people kind of are familiar with it. But when you say my, my family's from Seoul, Korea, it sparks a whole other thing, food, it, it sparks language, it sparks how do you live at home, you know, and, you know, oh, do you speak that language? It, it's a whole other dimension that I can be totally proud of. And um, I think it's, it's, it, it just creates an exciting um, conversation uh, and, an, and an aspect that you can be very proud of that other people don't have, that it, it's kind of a, a treasure in, in many ways. Um, so what was the strangest food you had to ever take to school or offer a friend that, that you liked, but it was strange to other people? Um, I mean, if we're talking about childhood, it's funny because I think during childhood, I think we weren't supposed to take those foods to school or anything. So it's not like I was packing kimchi and taking it to school and everybody's <laughs> like, what's that smell? That probably happened later in life when I'm at work and people are like, are you eating fish? <laughs> like, what? Why, why are you eating fish in your cubicle? We can all smell it. You know, it kind of happened more at work than than it did um, at school. At school, I think I was more trying to assimilate. So my mom, also my mom was working and my dad was uh, working in Korea, actually. And so she didn't have time to like pack me a lunch. And my grandmother was there and she'd cook us Korean dinners and, and things like that. And on the weekend, of course, lunch or whatever. But during school, it was, here's your lunch money, go get lunch at school. And I'd be enormously excited to get like tater tots and hamburgers and French fries because we didn't get that at home. We ate our soups and kimchi and fish and all of that, which for me was boring. Um, so I didn't really have that moment, I don't think. I, I've heard a lot of uh, other first generation kids talk about that moment where they had to un un you know, unveil their, their dumplings or their kimchi and it, it's just pungent and garlicky and whatever. But no, I was all about that cardboard tray with the, the tater tots. And I like couldn't, I'm like, Salisbury steak? It's Salisbury steak day. Amazing. Yes. 
I love it. Um, I will take the tater tots and the ketchup and all that comes with it. And oh my God, there's Parmesan cheese. Like, um, uh, what else do we have? Hot dogs, all of that. And the tiny little milk carton. I'm like, we didn't have any of that at home. So, it, you know, instead of being embarrassed about food, I was very proud of the bad American food that I was getting day to day. The square pizza, all of it. Yeah. I love, oh, the square, like the French bread pizza was, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I love the French bread pizza. Um, tell us a funny or wise expression that your parents use that just does not translate into English very well, but it's funny and it's wise and you love it. Yeah. You know, I actually had to write this down because I was like, I knew I was going to um, forget this one. Oh, okay. This one my mom uses often. Um, uh, yeah, she says kimchi ku puto mashijimaro. So um, it basically means in kimchi, you know, kimchi is often it's marinated in uh, it's pickled. So just like American pickles, there's juice, right? There's like juice that's around it. And so for kimchi, there's, you know, people kind of will take that um, juice sometimes maybe and, and sip it first. And, ooh, you know, that's refreshing, whatever, before actually eating the actual kimchi. So the expression means don't drink the kimchi soup before the kimchi. And it actually means don't get ahead of yourself. So if you're like, ugh, you know, I took that exam today. I totally think I aced it. You know, if I tell my mom, mom, I think I did really well. She'd say kimchi kukuto Like, do not drink that soup before you have the kimchi. Like, you don't know. You don't know if you aced that exam or not. Like, why are you ruining it? And that was just a reflection of Koreans having massive superstition everything was like you don't know you don't know and so i mean even in uh like having babies for example like you, in american culture you have baby showers and you're like oh this is so exciting your baby's coming no no you have to wait till that baby is 100 days old guaranteed that it's alive before you get gifts or anything like that because you know the, far be it from anyone to start drinking that kimchi soup before tasting that kimchi because we don't know if the kimchi's good right <laughs> So it's something to that effect. And my mom literally uh, said that today when I told her uh, my dog got in his travel bag as if he's going somewhere. And she's like, oh, my God, kimchi kook. You know, she's like, why is he expecting something when nothing's happening yet? Um, so that's that's definitely a very popular phrase in our in our family. I mean, another one that's kind of funny that my mom has said, because my mom is like such a firecracker, you know, like if somebody pisses her off um she's like um i think it goes which means don't wake the sleeping lion <laughs> which basically you know my mom's like listen i am a nice person until you make me not a nice person so um do not wake the lion because i will i will jump all over you i will you know i will crack your head open kind of thing so that's another um hilarious expression but the kimchi cook one i think a lot of uh Definitely Koreans will all, all know that phrase. Fantastic. How much do you identify with your parents' country? Um, I did, I did, it's so funny. Early in life, I did not, I don't think, identify as somebody from Korea. Like, you know, I, I feel like, um, again, you're trying to fit in. You're trying not to, you know, look different, be different or anything. And so despite the fact at home we you know, take our shoes off and eat our soup and with our rice and kimchi and all that stuff. Um, we were trying to, um, you know, I was trying not to, I, I don't even know that I, I recognized my Asian-ness, my Korean-ness until later, um, but I definitely didn't put it out there. 
Um, but I feel like the more I visited, like my parents made a concerted effort to take me to Korea every summer. More, I don't know, maybe it was every summer. I think it was, it felt like we were there every year. And originally it was kind of like the trip we didn't look forward to. My brother and I, we would be like, oh, we have to go to Korea again. And we're there for a month. And then we're just sitting around and listening to all the adults talk and couldn't go anywhere. We're too young, you know. Um, and then, but it became a, a part of me. You know, we did it every summer. I had family there. We, we um, you know, had family that we're very close to that took care of us that, you know, um, there were aunts that spoiled us with buying things at the shopping mall. There were aunts who spoiled us with food because they didn't, they weren't as wealthy. Um, and that was part of my life. So um, maybe I wasn't born there, but um, definitely in just everyday life, I could easily talk about Korea um, and, and my experiences there. And, and um, so um, I didn't live there or anything, but I definitely feel like uh, very close to my parents' country. I, I have a familiarity with it now. I even went to like a summer camp there and have friends from there. So I have all these experiences that are part of my childhood that, you know, kind of touches on um, like partially growing up with that. What would you do differently if you raised a kid in another country? What would I do differently if I would, um, if I raised a child in another country, I'm not a mother, but um, I don't know if I, if I think about the way my mom raised me in this country, um, hmm. it's interesting. I was a latchkey kid. Um, you know, uh, I think there was a lot of things that my mom would tell, warn me, uh, growing up in America, like, don't say this, don't say that you have to join, you know, be a musician. You have to get good grades. You have to be the top, this, that, whatever. Um, and just kind of, you know, follow the rules in this country and, and, and not stand out and not be too this or too that. I mean, she never said don't be too Korean or don't, you know, um, act foreign or anything like that. But um, I think there were just a lot of rules. And perhaps uh, I think I'd probably be a little bit less strict maybe. Um, I think there's that stereotype of a tiger mom. I think my mom was, my mom was like liberal in a sense where she's like, no, we, we do what we want. But she was also very strict in terms of how I appeared uh, to people, whether it was like talking too much at an orchestra performance on stage, like, you know, um, being too funny. Don't be too funny. That, that, that kind of thing. Don't be too nice. People are going to step all over you. So that could be considered just motherhood advice. But um, maybe uh, if I were a mother, I, I don't know, in a different country, um, it's so interesting um, I don't think I've ever thought of, so let's say I raised a child in, I don't know. Well, I, I guess if I took myself to Korea and raised, uh, my child in Korea, I'd probably be the total opposite, like loosen up, stop being, you know, stop following such strict Korean rules. You don't want to be so uptight. Like, you know, they are in this country about grades, about being a doctor, about being an attorney or, or the most successful this or that, like be what you want to be. Um, you know, I might, I might be as strict about learning, um, the language, uh, making sure you learn the language, but learning other languages. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I kind of think there's a particular thing about growing up in America that's extra pressure, you know, um, to be 
successful in this country means a whole different thing. Um, but yeah, and, and I don't know, I guess in Korea too, uh, Korea is very strict as well. So I don't know. Um, I, I actually, I, I don't know how I would raise it. It's hard to say when you haven't done it, but um, I I would imagine if I were to contrast with my mother, I'd, I'd be probably a little, just a little less strict um, and maybe not so concerned with what everyone's thinking um, and, and not so concerned about um, saving face. That's a very Asian thing. Um, or being quieter, you know, and then, you know, not getting so much attention, that kind of thing. So on that tangent, uh, tell us about a time that you, and I'm putting this in quotes, uh, rescued your parents from an American style faux pas. It's, mm. it happens to a lot of us, maybe not all of it, it definitely happened to me. So I'm curious if it happened to you. Mm. If it didn't, then, you know, you can pass on that question. I don't know that I've ever rescued, rescued is my, a, rescued is like a, is a, is a, big, you know, it's, um, like if you, if you've been in a situation in, in, in which you're like, Oh, I, I know what she's trying to say. And so I'm going to put her over here. Cause I know what she's trying to do. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever rescued my parents from, from a, a first generation kind of situation in this country. Cause my parents, I mean, especially my mother is a very strong figure. Mm -hmm. She doesn't take any, actually, Maybe I don't know if I've ever rescued her, but I've been definitely uh, uh, embarrassed <laughs> by things she's done because she's so strong. Uh, we went to a Roy Rogers uh, once growing up that we did on Sundays. I'm already we, laughing. I'm we, sorry. <laughs> we, 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 we enjoyed the salad bar at, at the Roy Rogers. It was like, you know, on a Sunday, I don't, we, we just went um, quite frequently to Roy Rogers and, um, one time my mom went up to the register and a young guy was like goofing around. He's, you know, he, we're standing there obviously waiting, waiting to order. And he went and, and, uh, he's like laughing to the guy, to the employees behind him. And, um, and then he's like, okay, what's your order? And then she starts speaking and then he, he turns around and he's like, I know. And he's like laughing and she's like, excuse me, you know? And he's like, Oh, sorry, sorry. And clearly he just wasn't paying attention to her. So she, it pissed her off. And so she decided, she's like, I would like to talk to your manager. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, mom, no. And she's like, no, this is not right. He's not paying attention to us. You're not doing your job. And he's like, what? She's like, go get your manager. I want to talk to him or her. And uh, so he goes, gets the manager. And of course, the manager's like, what, what's wrong? What, what, you know, how can we help you? And she's like, he is being, you know, silly with his friends over here. We've been standing here for a while trying to order and, you know, he's goofing out. And of course, it's actually much more dramatic than the way I'm expressing it. But she's basically lecturing them about what they should be doing at Roy Rogers um, <laughs> and the service that we expect for our five dollar <laughs> salad bar. Um, and <laughs> so she lectured him and the guy, I think, was fired on the spot and I was totally mortified but um, that's the kind of behavior that I, I think I interject more when my mom wants to go off. When Whenever I hear that, you know what? I would like to speak to your mom. I'm like, no, no, mom, mom, no. You do not want to speak to the manager. So, I mean, I remind her of that story sometimes and she just feels a bit remorseful about it. You know, she's like, well, I wasn't trying to get the guy fired, you know. I'm like, yeah, the guy was probably like 14. But um, but she gets annoyed really easily. So she's kind of opposite to a lot of Asian moms in that she doesn't shrink down. And I don't 
really have to rescue her. She's always kind of rescuing all of us, even though we asked her not to. <laughs> Uh, we, but you know what? That day we got our our Roy Rogers salads and we ate as a family proudly, <laughs> with better service. Damn it! What was your proudest moment as a first generation American? Oh well, so th- this is a funny question. My proudest moment as a first generation kid had to be, um, you know, as an Asian child, there are always expectations. I mean, maybe as all first generation kids in another country, there's expectations to be the best and the brightest and just prove everyone wrong. We're, we're, we're great. Um, but you know, I was not, um, somebody who came out of high school and went straight into like, you know, university of Virginia or Berkeley or whatever, uh, Ivy league kind of Harvard. Um, I don't know why I didn't say Harvard first. Um, like a Harvard university kid. Um, my, my situation was a bit unusual and I ended up in a private university in San Francisco, but, um, but I decided to go to graduate school and I, <laughs> it's always a hilarious story in our family. Cause I'm not, I literally, my parents didn't really expect much of me. They were, it's always the pressure was on my older brother. And I decided to go to graduate school. I didn't really know what I was going to study. Um, and I spoke to my dad, he told me I was a good writer. So, you know, suddenly we were exploring journalism and I was like, Oh, journalism. Um, well, Columbia university, that's the school that comes to mind. And I was like, I'm never going to get into Columbia University, but wouldn't it be funny? Um, and so I I decided, okay, well, that's the school. When you think of journalism, that's the school. So it's, um, it's December. I'm just going to hurry up, put an application together just for fun. I'm just going to, I'm going to send that off. So I got all the materials together. It was like, I'm like December 14th or something. And the deadline was right there. So I, I um, put it together and I shipped it off, wrote my essay and everything. And I was like, all right, well, that's, that's out there. I put it out there. I tried, nobody can say I didn't try. Um, and now I got to figure out what other school has journalism. Uh, Cause I wasn't so familiar with the industry. So I said, okay, Christmas, you know, and then when the new year comes, I'll do it. Then I got my response in January and I opened the, and also it was a very plain, small envelope. Um, very plain font. And I was like, okay, this is Columbia University. I opened the thing and it was, you know, congratulations, whatever. And I was like, oh my God, wait, I think I just, oh my God. So I call my mom. I'm like, mom, I think I got into, I think I got into Columbia. My mom's like, what? What? (laughs) You what? Like, and she's like screaming at the top of her lungs. And I'm like, um, Mom, I, I, she's like, oh my God, what, what, what happened? And I was like, well, I got the letter and, and, and yeah, you know, I applied for journalism school and I, I think I got it. She's like, oh my God, she's screaming. And I'm like, she's so shocked, beyond shocked that I started questioning myself. And I guess I just stared at the envelope and I was like, the font is really, pl- I mean, this kind of looks cheap almost. I'm like, I, oh shoot. What if I applied to the wrong Columbia? What if I applied to the wrong, oh my God, there's Columbia Broadcast School in Virginia. Did I apply to Columbia School of Broadcast? Oh, uh, and I was like, mom. And she's like, I've got to call my best friend. I'm going to call your aunt to Korea. I'm going to call this friend. I'm like, um, mom, just before you do that, let me just, I'm just going to go online. And and she's like, what? I'm like, well, I just, I just want to check the logo. What? I, I'm gonna, I just want to check the logo and make sure it's the right school. She's like, what? 
what do you mean? It's you don't you don't know if you apply to the right school. And I'm like, well, I, I just you're so I, I don't know. You're just so excited. She's like, just, just, just let me call you back. I'm just, I'm just going to call you back. All right. She's like, OK, OK, fine. So we hang up. I mean, literally, I was confident until she was so surprised. And then I go, I, I'm sure I use my roommate's Internet or something. And I looked it up and check the logo back and forth. And I was like, oh, it is the right Columbia. I was like, oh, my God, I totally thought it was Columbia School of Broadcast. Called her back. And then we go through the whole thing again. She's screaming at the top of her lungs, listing who she's going to call. And then that uh, just basically, see, and of course, I think my dad was in Korea at the time. So I just called her and then she just sent it across the, the international airways. And, and then I just sat in my room staring at it like, wow. Okay, so I got into Columbia. I got into an Ivy League university. And that is the ultimate, I think, first generation proudest thing you can do is to, well, either that or become a doctor. But um, still to this day, it's like, um, Columbia University. I'm like, well, I did go to University of San Francisco. Anyway, Columbia University. <laughs> so that had to be it. Well, so that so the question was that that, that was your proudest, and the next one was going to be your parents' proudest. Oh. But it sounds like it was the same, right? It sounds like you bought you both had. A, a common proudest moment, which is really cool that you guys could come there to that to that level. Yeah, You're both I, I equally mean, proud of the same moment. Yeah, I think it. Um, my proudest moment. Yeah, I think it was because um, I think it just made me so happy to make them so happy. Right. Because I think so then that was a symbiotic thing. And yeah, and I think it's one of those things where like I'm not I'm never going to meet your expectations. You know, I'm never going to be a doctor, a lawyer, or anything like that. But just the mere fact, even though I was in journalism, which is not, is also kind of frowned upon, I think, <laughs> um, among Asian uh, parents, it, they it's as a second child, as a female also, they just don't ex expect that much. But at the least, you go to the best schools or whatever. Um, and I did that on, on my own. So that had to be, that, that was probably um, a proud moment for me. And I paid for the whole thing and whatever. But um, yeah, so yeah, I think it does. Um, I think it is kind of the one and the same. It's what, what I'm proud of and what they're proud of the most. Um, cause I can't, yeah, I can't think of anything. That, I mean, that was dramatic. So yes. there might've been something else, but I, I definitely can't think of one that was that dramatic. So, um, what is the most peculiar foreign tradition you've had to explain? Like a tradition, not a food, but a tradition. Um, I don't know that. Um, so a peculiar, peculiar tradition that I've, had to explain to people um I don't know that there I don't know that there are any that I've necessarily had to explain although I, I think there are some that I mention and people are kind of surprised you know mm. like um I don't know New Year's Eve celebration for Koreans you know we they break out a whole like um padded sort of mattress and then the elders sit on that mattress and the all the the generations under them come and bow to them and pay their respects and say happy new year. So, and then, and then they give you money. <laughs> so that, I mean, that's one of them where people are like, they give you money for bowing. What? That's kind of awesome. Can I come and bow and get my, no, that's not how it works. You're respecting your elders. Damn it. But, um, there, I, I think the whole idea of honorifics and, and respecting your elders in our culture is kind of foreign and that's very natural to us. I think, um, uh, we don't do it so much anymore, but when we were kids, we were all wearing our, our um, hanboks, our, our Korean dresses, and, and bowing to our grandmothers, our aunts and uncles, and 
so on and so forth. Anybody who's older than you, you're bowing to. Like my, I don't know that I bowed to my older cousins, but um, so we'd roll out this really shiny mat with like uh, embroidery of like cranes and stuff on it. And uh, they're matching like pillows that are rock hard that sit behind them and stuff. Um, and then there's also like wedding traditions where you're like throwing apricots and things at the, at the, the, the uh, groom, bride and groom. And like, there's some, there's a couple of different um, iterations of, of why you're throwing it at them. But I think um, part of it is like how many children you're going to have. And so she, like the bride will be catching um, certain fruits and things in her dress that there's that I might be getting that wrong. I don't, I'm not totally, um, I, I'm not totally, I don't remember totally exactly uh, how that goes, but there's, there's a lot of fruits and, and nuts and things involved and they're piled up in front of the uh, bride and groom. And that's another uh, tradition, I think. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it could be as simple as dump dumpling making, you know, um, people are just like infatuated with the fact that in New Year's you make dumplings really like dumplings. Wow. Like, you know, we don't do that. And so that's definitely interesting. So I wouldn't call it any of one of them peculiar, but I guess it would, maybe it sounds a little peculiar to be like chucking fruits at a bride at their wedding. So maybe that's one of them, but I, I can't, I mean, I can't really think of anything that, that people thought was super duper weird. Um, but different, different. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's the term. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, if you could have been born to American parents, would you have chosen that? Well, um, that's an interesting question, actually. It would, would, if I could be born to American parents, would I choose that? Is that yeah, what you just said? Yeah, that's pressing, yeah. Uh, if I could choose to be born to American parents, would I? Because my parents are at the point in their lives where they're more American than they are Korean. Mm. They're uh, in their 80s, they're like 80. I don't want to say eighties as if they're like 88, but they're, they just turned 80. Yeah. And, um, they literally, I think they came to this country, uh, in their late twenties. Uh, so they are very much more American than they are Korean. Mm. Um, and my mom proved, proved that point when we visited Korean Korea once, uh, and we went to a restaurant and, um, you know, you, you like take off your shoes and you step on this plank and you go and have your dinner and then you come out and we were leaving and my mom looked at the waitress and she's like, um, toilet. <laughs> and I'm like, mom. And she's like, I'm, I want to go to the bathroom. I'm like, you know, and she's like, oh yeah, yeah. I'm like, I can't believe I just had to teach you Korean. Like what, what the <laughs> what's going on there? Anyway, but that's not your question. But, um, so, it so is, that's good. yeah, so I, I consider my parents American at this point. I and mean, my dad's a lot more Korean because he had to spend a lot of time working abroad. Um, so he's a, a bit more, I would say, exemplary of like someone who's kind of feels a bit more foreign uh, in this country because he's just like, what the heck is wrong with American? Like, he doesn't like hamburgers, he don't, you know, he wants noodles, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I don't, I wouldn't, if, if we're talking about purely American that didn't have this uh, first generation kind of experience. Um, no, because, uh, I think I, I said it in my previous, um, answer, you know, being first generation is such a privilege to have an entire, I mean, of course there are people who are American who have other cultures. They, you know, their families are descendants from, uh, you know, Italy or Ireland or wherever. And, um, but, uh, there is something, um, when you have like another language involved and, entirely 
different foods that might stink in this country or, or whatnot. Like all of these are just another dimension that I appreciate so much about uh, being from a family with foreign roots. And then I have a whole other country I can explore. I can still be American. They can still be American, but we can go out there and still take ownership of this whole other place. This whole like, uh, it's like a fantasy land. It's like going to a Disneyland or something and being like, this is also mine. Um, so it's really, I think, a lucky thing to be born in, in kind of a dual culture. Yeah. Yeah. Now, before the last question, is there yeah. anything that I missed and that you would like to add before we get to our last question? Hmm. No, I mean, there's probably a whole other conversation about language, right? Um, you know, being bilingual, because I, I know a whole contingent of first generation, um, like Koreans who don't speak Korean, you know, who had a whole different experience. I mean, and I think it, it is a, a, a conversation within uh, the Asian community also. It's like, we don't all have the exact same experience, right? The, another Korean American could be sitting right next to me going, well, we didn't have any of that, you know? So it's like there, there's the whole conversation of we're not a monolith, you know, we're not just one. When you say Asian people, it's not, it, there's South Asians, there's, I mean, there's Asians who were born in Hawaii who were surrounded by Asians. And then there are people like me who were in Fairfax, Virginia, surrounded by mostly white people. And I had like two Asian friends and, you know, and we had that thing in common where we had this other culture at home and another culture in, in amongst our, our um, Caucasian friends. And um, so I think there's um, language, there's different experiences um, just, you know, among, uh, you know, in my case, Asian Americans um, that are totally different, even if we're all first generation. Um, so that's probably, um, an interesting area to explore. And then, and language also is like, how did you learn how to speak? I learned from my grandmother who spoke to me in Korea. I didn't study it. It's like, how do you end up with that? You know, your, is it because your parents speak it to you? You know, I, and, and another aspect of, of the way I speak Korean is I speak like a, a North Korean grandma. Uh, so that, another aspect of being a first generation um, Korean in this country is, is, um, not only, yes, I am bilingual, but I'm bilingual in a very uncomfortable way. <laughs> I go to Korea and I sound really, I'm sure I sound really odd. I mean, my parents crack up and they never corrected it. So, but, um, but yeah, I think it's an interesting aspect of being first generation, but also, um, this is my experience and there's so many others. Yeah. So the last question, um, uh, one of the things that I've noticed that we all have in common as first generation kids is we all do a killer impression of our parents. We <laughs> all know how to do like a, a, you know, a funny impression of our parents because mm -hmm. it's how we were raised and uh, it's just tends to be something that we do. So give us your impression of either of your parents. Yeah, it's funny. I, I don't even have like an accent. I can do an impression of my parents speak perfect English but they learned English in Korea. So it's a bit of a British English in some ways. So a British English maybe. Um, yeah, it's, I feel like it's, but so they have like, a, like my mom especially has an interesting lilt, you know, like um, uh, she owns a boutique. So when she answers the phone, you know, she doesn't say, you know, boutique. She goes, boutique, <laughs> boutique, hello, boutique. And I'm like, what is that? You know? And then she'll say things like, you know, yeah, I, my, her name is Sukja 
and she'll say, yeah, um, you know, I wish I had a, a better American name. Everybody says, hey, hi, Sue. Hi, Sue, how are you? And she's like, oh, I just think it's such an ugly name. She's like, I wish my name was like Suzette or, <laughs> you know, something more exotic. Like, why Sue? Sue, you know, why does it have to be Sue instead of, you know, Suzette? Um, or, uh, you know, she's very, um, what should I say? She's extremely magnetic. So people love to be around her. A lot of personality, so fun. But when it comes to her and her time, like she'll she'll do her work day and people are like, oh, would you like to have like drinks after? We'll go and get drinks. She's like, no, 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 I have to go, you know, whatever. And then she'll come to me. And she's like, you know what? These people, they want to have drinks with me or whatever and talk, 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 talk. I don't have time. I don't have time to talk about whatever is going on. I have to watch Dancing with the Stars. I have to go home. I have to watch Dancing with the Stars. I don't have time for drinking or wings or whatever they want to have. I don't have time. Me, me, me policy. Me first. I have to watch Dancing with the Stars. And then I have to sleep. I'm tired. I'm tired. You know? So I would say that's probably a good impression of her is uh, she has a me, me, me policy. Me first. It's all me first. And I'm not sacrificing for anyone else. And by the way, it's because I get to watch Dancing with the Stars and you're going to go have your beverages. I don't care about your beverages. So that's probably the closest. My dad, um, my dad's a quieter figure. He's a professor or a former professor anyway. Um, he's very academic, but he's very quiet. He's not very super expressive. The only time when he's very expressive is we will go uh, to like McDonald's, for example, and you know, um, he'll get a senior coffee now, like, which is, I think a dollar 10. Um, we're talking about somebody Wait, who's but what's like, the real price a dollar 10 for senior. What is it for other people? I I'm sure it's like a dollar 30, <laughs> <laughs> but my dad happens to be one of the cheapest men on the planet. But, uh, here's somebody by the way, who has, has worked in very high levels of government in Korea and, you know, was a diplomat at one point. He's seen the high life, but still retains this super, like, penny-pinching way about him that's so weird. It's not weird. I guess that's just, you know, how it is. But, like, but, you know, I will get my iced coffee, and it'll be, like, like at McDonald's, like, I don't know, two fifty or something. And I'm like, I'll have an iced coffee. And he'll be like, how much is that? I'm like, two fifty. God. God. Wow. I'm like, what? That's expensive. Wow. God. <laughs> that's, you know, that's my dad is like it, it, anything that like if it, he'll just get sticker shock over the cheapest things, he'll, you know, you'll just be like, I'll have a pack of gum. Oh, that'll be 350, 350. God. What? <laughs> Wow, why is gum so expensive? Like, it's that kind of remarking. Um, and then I guess the only other, um, the main thing I tell people is whenever you ask them about the news, like, I don't understand what's happening. Like, if you say, I don't understand what's happening in Iraq. You know, I, I just don't know why they're fighting all the time and what they're fighting about. He'll break out. He'll look for the closest napkin and, and, and pen. He'll pull a pen out of his shirt pocket and he will start drawing you like 
I, I don't, I probably have it wrong, like the Byzantine empire or something. He'll just start drawing you, you know, like the, the whatever Franco Roman empire and the map as it used to look. And he'll be like, this is what happened in, you know, this date, he'll have all the dates and we'll be in the middle of McDonald's with his dollar ten coffee. <laughs> with your overpriced with our overpriced two fifty <laughs> at McDonald's iced coffee. Why I had to get something so fancy is beyond him. Uh, and then he will draw a map of anything you ask him about, know all the dates, and explain to you the entire history and bring you right back to today's whatever's happening in Iraq or in the news. And you're just an hour later, you're like, oh, like, wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. We've been at McDonald's for like an hour talking about <laughs> Iraq and the religious wars. Oh, and he told me all about Shia and Shiites and the difference. And okay. I just had a lecture from like this brilliant professor in the middle of McDonald's. So that's, I don't really have an impression of him necessarily in that respect, but that's, no, that's great. That's a, definitely a trait of his, uh, so my mom is me, me, me. My dad's all about uh, sticker, sticker shop yes. and, and, and drawing you maps on napkins. Yeah. Well, Sandy, thank you very much. That was delightful. I feel like I know so much more about you now. Oh, well, thank you. It's all as a result of my first generation upbringing, which I'm so proud of. Yay! <laughs> as Koreans say, fighting. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. Yay! Yeah.